My name is Ty Wilson. I've been a musician for the better part of 20 years. Over that time, I have written, covered, and performed in almost every genre, from heavy metal to alt-rock to country music. I've met some amazing people along the way, and today, we're going to talk to one of them. This is Ty Wilson Talks. How's everyone doing today? It's Wednesday morning. Welcome to another episode of Ty Wilson Talks. Uh, This week, I got a couple announcements here. Before we get started, uh, I have shows on Friday and Saturday night. Friday night, I am in Port Hope at the Thirsty Goose from 7 to 11 p.m. And on Saturday, I am in Buckhorn at Huck's uh, from 5 to 8 p.m. So if you can make it out there, make sure to come and check it out. I hope to see some familiar faces as always. Uh, all right, now on to the podcast. Today I have Dan Phillips, who is the owner of Feeds Sports Management, specializing with Canadian soccer players, but also soccer players from around the globe. Uh, he has contacts in a few different places. Uh, we actually get into that in the podcast. We talk all about his business, how we got started, the state of Canadian soccer, um, and how exciting it is for new players who are up and coming um, in that world. So it was a really informative podcast for me. I think you'll enjoy it, um, whether you're a sports person or not. Um, Yeah. So anyway, without further ado, here is Dan Phillips. Beautiful. So Dan, it's awesome to have you on, dude. Um, you're from Peterborough originally. Uh, I know that uh, you said Ben Ben's podcast, the one last week, is kind of what got you listening uh, and had you reach out to me. So, um, yeah, how did you end up in Kingston? How do you know Ben? What's uh, what's the story there? Yeah, I, I appreciate you having me. Obviously, listening last week was was great. Um, ben and I go way back. We both grew up in Peterborough. Um, you know, went to elementary school together. We went to different high schools, but still was able to. Um, you know, be, be close friends and, and stay in contact. And then we both kind of found our way out West together. Um, and we lived out there for a bit. And then I most, I would say recently within two years, uh, moved to Kingston. The reason why, um, I moved to Kingston is my wife, um, went to Queens university and she had an opportunity for, um, for a job there. And so she works in the athletic department, um, and, uh, and works with all the athletes at Queens university um, and whatnot. So that's kind of where we've been now. Um, like I said, for the last two years. Nice, man. That's awesome. So where, whereabouts were you at West? I know I spent time in Victoria. I was there for a couple of years. I know Ben was in Al or is in Alberta. So what about yourself? What brought yeah, you out there? We were just in Calgary, uh, moved Calgary, out there. Yeah. I, I started in Edmonton. Um, my, my brother was out there and I finished university and my brother was like, just come on out and make some money. And so, um, I went out there, and then caught up with Ben. And then we have another friend uh, named Jeff. Um, and we were all living around Calgary. Benny was in just outside of Calgary. Um, but we spent a couple years hanging out and, and getting close before I moved away. And then obviously Ben moved further away from Calgary to Brooks where he is now. Um, yeah. And But in total, we were there just about five years, um, which was really enjoyable. I, I really liked it. Um, 
obviously the mountains and, and the, the <laughs> atmosphere. Calgary's just a young town yeah. now, and, and it's just uh, it, it was a blast. I I loved everything about it. It's a great spot. I remember, like, because I drove both ways when I when I moved out west. I drove to Victoria and I drove back from Victoria. So that was one of my favorite drives. Uh, I think it was my last day or my fourth day. Woke up in Calgary and like, you know, 30 minutes outside of Calgary, you're in the mountains. And I just remember like putting on uh, Fly By Night by Chilliwack and like <laughs> driving through them. It was pretty cool. Uh, it was like right at the like sun break or like, yeah, right at dawn. So sun was there. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. I love that drive. Yeah, my, my wife's grandparents live in Victoria. So we were able to go out there one time while we were living in Calgary and see them, um, you know, spend a couple of days out there. It was you know, yeah. gorgeous. We did the drive out there and, um, I went to high school with a couple of guys that live out there too. They live in, one lives in Vernon, the other one lives in Salmon Arm. Um, yeah. so I got to kind of go through that way as well to, to see them. I was say right on the way. <laughs> yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. It, was, it was just awesome. And, and they're still out there and, and they're living the dream and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, we're back here working every day. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I found when I was out there. It was like, I mean, Victoria in itself is a whole different world, basically, is kind of how I describe it. Um, but uh, back here in Ontario, I, I feel a little more at home, but it's the, like the rat race is, is a lot more prevalent, I think, oh. here. Whereas out there, it's a little more laid back, you know, a little more relaxed. It's not as urgent. But uh, but yeah, hmm. I mean, I like where I am, so it's I can't really complain too much. Yeah, yeah. How... um what's the connection with you and Ben? Obviously I know Ben told me briefly, I think it was, I think it's fantasy football. You guys are in a couple leagues. Is <laughs> yeah. that what it is? Yeah. We started a few years ago. We were playing in this, uh, in, in the league that we're still in. Um, and it's a very active league. So all the members are constantly talking and, and conversing with each other. And it just kind of grew from there. Me and him made a bunch of trades and then we've just kind of chatted otherwise, uh, and, and talked about that stuff. And, um, yeah, he's ended up, being a pretty good buddy now so uh never i haven't met him in person no nope. <laughs> one of those like online things no i don't know he hasn't been back or at least hasn't been back since i've known him yeah um but i did work with his sister bridget at um uh, best buy mobile like six or seven years ago so mm. um there was that connection too where we kind of figured out oh okay this is who you are and and, and all that stuff but yeah he's a good dude yeah yeah no he's awesome uh it, it was good to you know now that we live on other sides of the country, we always kind of connect during football season is kind of the, the time when we get to spend some time on the phone. And now with his new job, he's on the road a lot. Um, and so, you know, with my job too, I, I have some downtime. So to be able to, you know, connect with him, kind of make fun of the Eagles um, a lot. because I know he's a big Eagles fan and um, he's made fun of me a lot over the years too. Cause I, I grew up, uh, still am a diehard bills fan. So um now that we have a bit of success is, is good but so it's your time to shine now yeah but growing up man was tough he was he was on me pretty hard oh yeah 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 i'm a i'm a i'm a diehard steelers fan so oh, wow. that week one win that yeah. one week one win was good for me and now i'm just like okay blow the whole team up it's full rebuild now right? <laughs> After and, the last two weeks <laughs> yeah I, I, I was thinking about that too because i'm um there's obviously like guys that are in fantasy football like you and i and, and benny there's a podcast and stuff you listen to to either get an advantage or some guys are bad yeah. or whatever. But, you know, a lot of the guys are saying like, you know, it's so hard and, and the relationship that the owners and, and um, you know, and, and the head coach and, and big Ben have and how much he's given to that football team uh, yeah. community organization. 
to kind of walk away from them or to bench them or to cut them is just something like they don't really think can happen. Um, right. And that's got to be tough for, for guys like yourself because you see that and you're like, man, this guy can't even throw 10 yards. Like this guy's I think that. I think the rough part for me is is knowing that he's a bit of a diva as well. And so um, not wanting a, a backup to come in. Like, I, I mean, if you're 30 years old or 32 years old or whatever, like Matt Stafford's age or something like that, and so they draft a rookie to come in, you know, there, there can be some animosity there and not wanting to coach them up a bit. But if you're 38 years old, like you're coming to the end of your career, you might not want to believe that it's going to be over soon. But it has to be in the back of your mind that, like, physically, I can't do this anymore. Maybe try and help, like, you know, coach up a Dwayne Haskins or something like that to try and have a suitable replacement for the team, which you are a part of, even though you are, like, the individual quarterback, which is arguably the most important position. You should want to have the team's needs in mind as well. That's that's at least my opinion. Like, you've got your bag. You got paid. You've done a lot of great for the team. You've got a couple Super Bowls. like help transition since you can't do this forever yeah but that's my opinion that's like the team player mentality that i have <laughs> it's hard in today's world right especially with how yeah small of a sample size people say like you know tom brady playing 20 years and big ben playing late late teens and in the how how many years he's been playing um you know but the the end thing is is these guys if you're not tom brady a lot of these guys are still really big on their ego and, and just want to get all the money they can and you know, not That's really it. focus on a team part of it, which is crazy because passing the torch and trying to do that. And I kind of thought maybe Ben would do it. And I thought the organization would kind of get him to do that. Um, I just wonder how long you can go with the performance he just did against, you know, Cincinnati and, and whatnot, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, like, I mean, they can, they can blame that on injuries. They can blame that on, you know, new OC. They can, there's, there's different ways that, but, but at the end of the day, you watch that performance and you're like, he just doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. And it's and it's okay not to have it anymore. You just got to like be able to admit that to yourself and go like, okay, maybe it's my time. I'm not eating an all-plant diet and taking a million supplements like Tom Brady to be able to perform into my 40s. It's, yeah. it's just you know different. You look at Tom Brady's body and look at Ben Roethlisberger's body. It's, it's not the same. No, <laughs> quite and, different. And they were different quarterbacks at the time too. Or they've always been different quarterbacks, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I can agree but with anyway. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I guess maybe leads into your sports knowledge. So you um your talent or yeah, tell me what you what, what your what your job title is or how you so with the business. Uh, is. So right now I, I own um, it's called Five Sports Management, which is a hmm. uh, Canadian based um, full representation company. Um, kind of a more simpler term would be just a sports agent, um, a Canadian right. based uh, sports agent, uh, specifically in the soccer world is kind of where hmm. I am. Um, and uh, I got fully licensed through the Canadian Soccer Association um, and uh, and then, you know, kind of started my own um, after working for another guy for uh, a couple of years um, and then just kind of wanted to branch off and bring in my own contacts and my own people and and uh, kind of develop it the way that I wanted to, um, you know, and fast forward. 10 months going on 11 months now, we're, we're just coming into our first year um, COVID like any business has put a bit of a stranglehold on a lot of things, but we've been able to navigate it and 
kind of put ourselves in a position where we are now to um, kind of grab the bull by the horns and, and kind of go after either the players or, or some of the different people that we're looking to do and, and, and be able to get in contact with. Oh, that's awesome, man. So like, and I'm assuming you played some soccer um, in your past as well. So like, you grew up in Peterborough. I know Peterborough's got, you know, soccer, some soccer teams and stuff like that. It's unfortunately one of the worlds or sports worlds. I don't know a whole lot about. Yeah. So go over that. Like what brought you from A to B? What brought you from like, you know, kid playing soccer to now go, you know, having your own sports talent agency. Yeah. Um, so obviously growing up in Peterborough, um, the soccer, you know, Peterborough city soccer has always been around. It's always been a part. And it was a part of me um, for my, uh, my entire childhood until my teenage years, early on in my uh, teenage years, I, I felt like I was kind of progressing um, and, and, you know, developing quite quickly and a lot quicker than I think, maybe the Peterborough city soccer association could handle. Um, and then, so I ended up uh, signing with an Academy in Toronto uh, when I was 14 and I played with that Academy. Um, they were called the Toronto Lynx. Now they're called the Oakville blue devils. And I played there from when I was 14 um, until I went to university um, and then played with them a couple years after before uh, stopping. Cause I didn't really think anything was going to happen, but so I started that when I was, like I said, 14, uh, played there. It was a summer and winter uh, program where we trained all the time. So my mom and I, um, you know, got really close in my teenage years and we got to drive to Toronto from Peterborough uh, four times a week. And then in the summertime, we travel all over the States and play, um, you know, different teams and, and different clubs and different cities. And while you're playing in those uh, there's a lot of coaches, um, a lot of scouts that, that come and watch you play. And so luckily when I was 16, I was able to go to Europe um, and and try out uh, for a couple of professional teams there. Clearly didn't make it. Um, and then when I came back, um, I was still training and playing in Toronto. Um, and then as I was doing that, I was able to uh, obtain a scholarship to go play soccer in uh, the United States at a, at a smaller school. Um, nice. in, in Michigan and went and played there, um, for, for four years for, for, until I got my degree, um, and then was able to, you know, kind of give it up then I, there wasn't really anywhere else to go after right. playing. So I played my whole life all the way up until I was probably 20, 24, 20, 24. And then, um, the last five years I've been out of it, um, still playing locally, but, um, and whatnot. And so I kind of was, I was working out West. Like I said earlier, I was living out there for a while and, um, you know, I was talking to my wife quite a bit and I just said, I need to get back into the soccer world. It was such a big part of my life. And, um, what happened was, um, I just kind of went online and, and said, you know, um, I, I think I'd like to become a sports agent. I have a sports degree, um, and whatnot. And so I just kind of went through the process on how to do that. Um, was able to get in contact with some people at the Canadian soccer association, um, ended up getting my, my license applied for it and, and got it. Um, and then kind of got, a got, I got an internship, uh, with, with another company. And then, um, you know, once I kind of gained some experience and, and, um, you know, kind of saw the ins and outs on, on how it worked, um, I kind of decided to just kind of take the reins and, um, and start my own. And that's kind of where it's been. 
That's awesome, man. That's like, you know, my inner Jerry Maguire, uh, you know, self is, uh, gets excited about that. It's, it's super hard. And I, I, it's commendable a hundred percent that you were like, you know what? I miss soccer. How can I be in and around the sport, you know, without, uh, or, you know, at this stage in my life, mm-hmm. cause I know for me, like I played, um, football, uh, and I did, I played a year at uh, university. I played hockey at a, at a higher level. And, and when that just kind of stops at 18, 19, 20 years old, and then you just have to play like beer league or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I know for myself, it was really tough for me to navigate. Like literally my whole life, um, just always being involved in, in sports and, and, and that competition. And then all, all of a sudden it's just like, okay, you stop now. And, and you don't have that anymore. So um, it's really cool that you found a way to to still be around it and still be involved. Like, yeah. did you have those feelings as well? Like, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm speaking out of my ass here, but uh, like when you, when you stop playing a sport, it's, it jolts you. It's like, there's a, there's a realization that like, shit, like a, I didn't make it to me where I thought I was going to, or, or B like, this isn't something that I can keep continuing at this pace or, or, at a professional level. Yeah. You know, I think, um, it, any athlete that, that plays it either at a collegiate level or a professional level, um, you know, once you give it up, there's, there's a, there's a sense of, of loneliness. There's a sense of, you know, be, you being lost. You know, m- my wife played rugby at Queens university. She, she played at a very high level. She even played, uh, you know, um, for the Canadian national team, uh, a bit. And so, you know, she said the same thing when, when she was done university, it was kind of like, well, what do I do now? All I've done for my, you know, from high school to university was on a a strict regimen and a routine of you wake up, you go to training, you do this, your whole life, your outside life is, is encompassed and, and surrounds, um, you know, your sport. And so, you know, as I was done, I, I didn't really know what to do. That's why I kind of just picked up and, and went to Edmonton uh, with, with my brother because I, I didn't know, you know, what to do. Um, so, but I think the biggest thing of, of how I was able to get into it, and maybe you don't know, and I know a lot of people might not know in Canada, there is certainly a lot, but there's a new league in Canada for professional soccer players. It's called the Canadian Premier League. Uh, it's brand new. This is the third year of operating. Um, they've had some great, um, people who are involved in, in the ownership group and, and people that are investing money in, in here, and they want to make this league a very successful league in the years to come. And I think that was a part that was able to, um, you know, help me transition from not playing to then transitioning into the business side of it. So they're very big in, in helping Canadian players. That's why they started this league is because they knew the growth of soccer in Canada, um, but there was nowhere for these players to go. You look at historically, there's not been a, a large amount of Canadian talent to then go to Europe and succeed there or succeed in the MLS. And so right. there's been like a generational movement of Canadian players over the last couple of years, which is, you know, some very, very good world-class players that came out of Canada that have kind of put Canada on the map. Um, right. And so what they did is they said, you know, let's create a league where we can have our Canadian players showcase themselves um, and showcase, you know, what what they're trying to do. And so I knew some of the coaches 
um, either general managers or head coaches uh, from growing up around the soccer world, either in Toronto or out west in Vancouver. Um, and so I was able to contact them and I was able to speak to them a little bit about the process of player agents and, and representation and, and how that works and, and what the roles are for, you know, agents in this, in this world. Um, and they were able to kind of help me out and, and walk through that, which has kind of been, um, you know, very helpful to, um, to now, um, you know, being one of those guys who can present players and, and work with different players and kind of work alongside the club um, in the business side, which is, you know, strategically bringing in players or, or picking and choosing players from around the world that you think can fit and kind of slotting them in and then, um, you know, being able to represent them for their, their day-to-day lives and stuff like that's pretty, pretty interesting and, and pretty cool. No, that's, that's totally cool, man. So where did that, um, that league, I guess, where were the, the starting cities? Cause I think Peterborough just got a team, right? Um, Electric City FC is that is that the same league? No, it's, so it's it's not the same no, league. The there, there's uh, some different tiers. So obviously, the biggest level of soccer in North America is called the MLS, the Major League right. Soccer. Toronto FC, Toronto FC, Montreal Impact, Vancouver. In Canada, the lower the league right below that is the new Canadian league. So there's right. eight clubs from coast to coast. There's a a team in Vancouver, um, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, um, two in Toronto. And then there's one in uh, Halifax and there's a new expansion team coming next year to Saskatchewan. Um, So that's the new Canadian league. And then down Mm -hmm. below that is, um, is a league called league one, which is what the new Peterborough team's going to be in. All those kind of go around the GTA um, upward a little bit up to Windsor and London and stuff like that is where this team plays. It's kind of, um, you know, I wouldn't call it a, a professional league. It's kind of like a semi-professional league. There is a couple of teams that pay players, not a lot, but they do pay them. Um, but it's just a league. They use this league for some of the players um, who were, say, in positions like myself on university scholarships in the uh, throughout the school year. And then when they come home for the summer, they would kind of play in this league. Um, and, you know, some of the very good players would then – um, you know, maybe go to Europe or, or go Jump play up, somewhere yeah. else. And so that's kind of how it started uh, there. That That's kind of what is the CPL. Now the CPL is very, um, they're, they're really in support of and, and getting behind league one. They, they want to be able to, to have players that they can uh, look at, come through there and, and, um, and stuff like that. So the new Peterborough league, um, is is something that's obviously been in the works for a while, but they're going to be playing in League One. But from other people I've spoken to, and I think their aspirations would be to go to the Canadian Premier League, which is the highest level of soccer in Canada. Um, it's just, you know, when can they do that? And and it all kind of depends on, you know, how the stadium goes, um, how big the stadium's going to be and, um, and stuff like that. So that's kind of, I would say, the tiers of, uh, right. It's kind of like a launch pad or, or a spot for, um, I mean, if, yeah, if you're on scholarship, come back home and play, f- keep your, keep your legs fresh and, yeah. and be able to have some more visibility throughout the year, you know, yeah. you're scoring much points yeah. or whatever there. And then, so, you know, it kind of grew itself, right. They, they, a couple of years ago, um, 
because like I said earlier, the, the players that came out of Canada that have been on some world-class teams um, and that are doing very well, they saw those players um, and they, they said, you know, we need to find a, we need to find a league. We need to start something here in Canada. And that's kind of what happened, um, you know, and, and that's kind of where it's been. It's been in the third year, obviously COVID has kind of put a stranglehold on some of it. They had to do a bubble um, out in Winnipeg, but from what I've heard from from speaking to different players and clubs, that um, it, it it went very well. And now they came home and and um, we're kind of hitting October, which is you know there's going to be about a month and a bit left of the season um, to finish off their third full uh, campaign, which is which is I think in my mind pretty successful so far. That's awesome. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I definitely do find that um, soccer is like the the popularity is growing, especially here in Canada. Um, and you even saw like, you know, the women's team just beat the U S to the national, like they're, yeah. we're winning a lot or Canadian national teams are, are, are winning, um, you know, more than you had seen in, in previous, in previous years. Now, do we have quite, you said we have quite a few, um, Canadians that have started to make their mark as international stars. Um, give me a couple of names there and like who they play for now, you know, everybody knows Ronaldo and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So who's, who are some Canadians? So, in, so in, in Canada, you know, you have a guy like Alfonso Davies. So Alfonso Davies was, was born in Africa. Uh, he was a, he was a refugee, him and his family moved to Canada. And then he kind of went into the Vancouver Whitecaps um, Academy. And then from there, you know, he, he went into the MLS being one of the youngest players to play in the MLS. And, you know, in a few short years, he turned himself into a, a very good player at a very young age. Like you think about myself when I was 19, I was playing at a university and, you know, he's 19, 18 playing in the highest level of North American soccer and doing very successful. So he ended up getting bought uh, or sold as soccer terms to Bayern Munich who play in Germany, which is one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, And he's gone there to, you know, kind of, um, you know, win every trophy imaginable. He won Champions League, which is like the Stanley Cup of, of European soccer. He was able to win that, which was really, really exciting for Canadian soccer. Um, you know, we've had some other people in the past who were unfortunately, you know, Canadian stars, but um, they weren't able to help out internationally because we just didn't have yeah. the talent, you know. You know, there was guys that have played in in Europe for a, a numerous amount of years, like Junior Hoyolette, um, who's, I think, been in Europe well over a decade um, in, in England or the UK. And, uh, you know, he's to the back end of his career, but he was a guy that was really big and, and being able to, um, you know, kind of not so much bridge the gap, but be a guy in, 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 or, or be a star back in the day, um, to kind of show the pathway for these new guys. But Alfonso Davies is one of them. Um, another one is Jonathan David. He's a young guy, uh, from, from Ottawa, um, you know, when he started his career in Belgium and he had very good success in Belgium to where he was bought by a team in France. And then, you know, just last year he won the France league, um, which was incredible, which is called league. Um, he, they were able to win the league there. Now he's playing regularly in, in champions league football, which is the Stanley cup of, of European soccer, uh, for clubs. And so he's playing there. And then you just have a, a, a plethora, I would say of, of youth, players um who have kind of all of a sudden just kind of brought um soccer to the forefront you know you have a young guy 
uh, named um, uh, Tejan Buchanan, who a few years ago was um, at the University of Syracuse and uh, and then played one full season in the MLS and absolutely blew it up to where, you know, a few months ago he just got bought by a team in Belgium. And so because of the likes like Alfonso Davies, who was kind of the first guy to really put us on the scene again, you've had now a lot of players um, come through the system to, to go to Europe. And now you look at, you know, if you turn on the TV and watch a Canada men's national soccer team, you know, most of them, if not all of them are playing in Europe, except for maybe a couple when, you know, just as little as four or five years ago, there was maybe one playing in Europe. So the attraction is there. Um, everybody in Europe is is looking obviously for the next Alfonso Davies. Um, and now, you know, you have big clubs across Europe, um, you know, who are checking in on, on players across the country from, you know, Vancouver to Montreal, um, in and around Toronto, um, you know, which is really exciting. It, 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 it's, um, it's something that is only going to improve the players. Um, but, uh, you know, also just, you know, I think personally, it's just going to bring more money and more, you know, resources to what um, clubs and coaches and people can do to develop these young players uh, coming forward, because now you have, a spotlight and and you have people coming here to watch you play and and now even you have a league here as well so um you know being able to showcase yourself and put yourself on a platform definitely um came through from from these guys that that have been able to put Canada on a map to to kind of where it is now and it, and to be honest it's very exciting how do you navigate um all of that with say some of the players that you would represent like is it especially with you in Kingston um like, are you traveling to Toronto to, to, to look at guys or, or talk to players and that stuff? Uh, I know that looking on your website, you have some international um, guys that work for you as well that, that scout in different places. So tell me a bit about that. Like, what's the uh, um, how does that generally work out for you? Yeah, um, you know, for, for me, I, I find myself going to Toronto quite a bit um, and, and going around now, uh, even the soccer or the university soccer just started up um in canada so kingston because i live here queen's university so I'm, I'm, I'm going there they just had a game a little while ago i was able to go watch a watch a game there but you're definitely going places um you know i would say the hub is obviously toronto and uh you know successful agents there's there's a, a handful of very good agents that represent a lot of very good players and and so they're kind of there already um and some of these guys as young as 16 17 are already being snatched up and and being represented. So, um, for myself, you really got to navigate, um, and you really got to find players that you think can, can work with what we're doing now. And I think being realistic is important because I can't go after some of those big superstar, uh, players right now, because those guys have ambitions to go to Europe, to play in big leagues in Europe. And quite frankly, I just don't have the contacts or I don't have I would even that reach yet. Well, I would even say, you know, the experience to go into a big room like that when you're talking seven figures for a player and be able to successfully negotiate that. So it does take time um, to build that experience, and and um, and that's what I'm excited to learn and and to grow and and to do that. Um, you know, in touching base on the website and and the different guys we have, you know, 
the way Canada's gone and the way Canada's going is, you know, very good players are going to Europe and very good players are going into good markets. For myself, as one guy in Kingston, you know, if I just solely wanted to work in the Canadian league, that's fine. But if I want to grow this to where I'm globally recognized and and known around, you got to bring in different people. And so we've been able to bring in uh, three different guys that 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 work with me. Um, you know, one guy solely kind of takes care of our South American, um, I would say, division, and uh, and he works with a couple of our players that are down there. But also it's just that language barrier. If we have a couple guys over here that might have migrated or came over to Canada and I can't speak their language, he quite possibly can. Um, and so he's a good avenue that we have for there, I would say. Um, my other partner, too, um, is from South Korea. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, I would say, um, Asian people um, that have come over here that are, uh, you know, very technical and very good at, at playing soccer as well. Um, and so that's an avenue that we wanted to bring in is bring into so that we could be, um, you know, able to speak to those kind of players. Um, it's also most importantly too, is a lot of South Korean or Asian players want to come play in North America and a lot of North American players want to go play over there. So being able to have that kind of contact and that kind of connection hopefully allows us to have a pipeline where we can send, you know, some very good Canadian players or North American players to, you know, Asian markets, either South Korea, Japan, stuff like that, where um, the soccer is very successful. And it's a very respectable league. Um, and that allows us to kind of, you know, have the contact if they want to come this way as well. So, um, and then our, our last partner, um, he was born and raised in the Congo. Um, he kind of came, he brought himself over to Canada a, a, a number amount of years ago. And, and he's been able to, um, you know, work with some of our foreign players that have came in and, and kind of wanted to migrate over to Canada as well. So he works with a lot of our players that come over, um, kind of like Alfonso Davies came over from either um, countries that were, you know, in war or troubled countries or, and stuff like that and and um, be able to be a resource for them and, and um, you know, be a connection for, uh, you know, them maybe speak a bit of their language, maybe just have a common uh, interest, which is, you know, you're from Africa, I'm from Africa, um, you know, and stuff like that. So we're kind of, we wanted to be, um, I, I wanted to be able to diversify the, the way that we can one handle and speak to different players, but also to kind of have an opportunity to, to, um, to kind of go after maybe some of those players or have some different outlets rather than solely depending on Canadian talent um, to be able to have some different ones. So that's kind of the connections we have, um, and the different guys that we have working, you know, within FIDES, which is like, I always say it's a, it's a Canadian based agency. Um, but it works globally is kind of how I tell people. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And it's gotta be, like you said, there's that handful of agents who are maybe getting that the top end talent first. And so, it's great that you've yeah diversified so that you can maybe find uh, some different avenues or, or, or have your clientele come in, in in different ways and just that, you know, pick up some super talented kid at 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the thing that I try to preach to a lot of people, and I don't think it matters, you know, what industry and you could be in the same industry, you know, as Ben Commodore, you could be in the same industry as yourself. You know, it's, there's, there's a way that used to be, which was, you know, all these, the worlds and, and, and they were kind of run with top heavy companies. And especially in the business I'm in, 
there's a lot of top heavy and very successful um, agencies around the world. And unfortunately, when you get to that tier, um, you know, a lot of their clientele or their athletes just become numbers. And all these guys are worried about is kind of the Jerry Maguire stuff. Show me the money uh, so I can get paid and and then, you know, see you later or there's your contract. I'll talk to you in four years. And so the reason why I wanted to start this thing was, was to be able to change the way um, the representation industry uh, is going, you know, the, the accessibility to social media and, and the different ways that you can promote players, um, different things like NFTs and stuff, which are brand new into the world. And now, now athletes are starting to get their hands on it and, and they can, you know, you see it all the time. Lamar Jackson is currently negotiating his own contract right now. He doesn't want an agent and you look at it, you look at what the market is and you look at what he's going to bring. Is he going to make Patty Mahomes money? You know, probably not, but is he going to make somewhere around Josh Allen, a little bit less than Josh Allen? Who knows? But it, there doesn't need to be a massive amount of negotiation. And so for him to do it, it, you can do it. And for us, it's the same thing. You know, I want to be able to work with guys that can put themselves on their own platforms, either social media, you know, giving back to their community, um, being able to, you know, work with them so that, you know, we are um, and have a very close relationship. And when, you know, you need to talk business and you need to talk about the Jerry Maguire numbers, then you do it. But, you know, just not be signed with me because I'm the biggest in the world or the biggest in Canada. And I'll talk to you never, or I'll talk to you in four yeah. years. It's just something that we've tried to change. And it's something I saw um, around the industry over the last couple of years. And it's just something I wanted to change. And I feel like that personable um, and that personal connection that you can have with somebody, you know, with him and his family, um, I think it goes the extra mile. And I think that's the the difference in today's um world and i think it, it should be with any business you have it doesn't matter if it's construction or whatever if you can have that personal connection with people and and you know treat them like actual people i think you can have a lot more success um in today's world i agree man um i really think that being genuine in your intentions can get you a bit farther and maybe is lacking nowadays especially with all the social media um everything that you're getting that's thrown at you on your phone screen or computer screen, whatever it is, is so much of the time, just like bullshit and people trying to sell you. So, you know, having someone like yourself as a young player um, who might be able to be a mentor on top of an agent and really kind of, you know, you might have a smaller book of, of players, but you know, you, you truly do care about them and, and, and are looking out for that, their well being in the end game will most likely be better for you than, than these big conglomerates that, like you said, are, are signing players. Like I know for myself um, in the music industry, record companies are slowly dying <laughs> like they're because they've had that top down mentality. Um, you can have success just by, and not your online presence and, and doing things grassroots. Whereas 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, you couldn't do that. So a lot of the time you have those, those big companies reaching out, trying to get a piece of the action when you don't necessarily need that anymore. Um, so I think that the world is going in the way that you're moving at the moment. And, uh, 
you know, hopefully that, uh, that bodes well for you guys. I mean, it seems like you're doing great in your first year and, and, uh, hopefully the success continues to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's cool that there's, you know, there's, there's never been a time like now where there's so many different platforms to, you know, make money or, or have some income. And, and in the business I'm in is, you know, obviously obtaining a contract for employment with a professional soccer team is most important. That's number one. But it's kind of like, what can you do after that? You know, can you, what, what else can you do for the guy? What else can you do for your athlete? Um, you know, that's going to make him happy, bring in some more money, put him on another platform where he can showcase himself. And, you know, things like social media, things like NFTs, things like, um, you know, different types of sponsorship deals and all that kind of stuff has never been bigger than it is now. And that's kind of the things that we're trying to do. And, um, you know, I feel like the, the big, the big ones, the big agents and, and whatnot, they have those, um, you know, possibly, and they just have a, a connection through to what it is. And for example, the guy signs a contract, then he signs a Nike deal, then he does this. And it's kind of just like a um, streamlined. Yeah. It's just like a straight line. Like yeah. you want to sign with me, this is what you're going to do this, this. And it's just kind of like, there, there's nothing really you can do. And there's nothing really that's personable or, or there's, there's nothing really that, um, you know, can really showcase yourself and, and be able to put you in the certain areas and stuff that you want. And so that's the way that I think we're, we're trying to go, um, you know, also being able to just listen to the guy too. Right. And, and say, you know, we want to sign you to this. Yes. We want to get you a contract, but what else do you want to do? Do you want to, you know, how else do you want to showcase yourself? How else do you want to make extra money? Yes. That is my job to find those, but it's not my, it's not my job to tell them it. It's, it's my job to make it work as those things come up. And so to be able to have that freedom of, you know, you want to work with me, I want to work with you. Um, you know, what can we do for you? Let me know where you want to go, what you want to do. And so it's pretty open. Um, you know, it's kind of like a blank canvas. And I think that's a, a new way, um, especially in the representation business, which is um, something I don't think has been done before. And I think hopefully it's something we can change, not only here in Canada, but hopefully globally. And you also see a lot of um, players or athletes becoming influencers as well, too, right? Like it's like Juju Smith-Schuster, um, you know, they're all on TikTok. They're all they're doing stuff like that. There was a uh, hockey player that just retired from hockey to become a social media influencer. I just read that today in some sports thing. And uh, like is that it has to be hard for you to navigate that sometimes to 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 do the correct <laughs> influencing. Yeah. I don't know. Is that, is that something hard that to, to deal with, with some, with some players? Oh, oh yeah. Like look at, you know, for example, look at Paul Bizonette on spitting chiclets, right? Like yeah. he was a kind of nobody in the, in the NHL and did this. And now he's making just Uber amounts of money. Doing better than he ever did in hockey. That's, yeah. for, that's <laughs> for sure. Right. And so, you know, that, that type of Avenue is always there. Podcasts and, and social media influencers are, are always there, but you know, I think the base for me with starting this, um, you know, I've been able to pick and choose the players I want to work with. I want to work with guys that I can create a foundation with and build something long term. And it comes right down to the to the, you know, either the meat and potatoes or the bones of it, which is, you know, you want to work with guys that want to be pros, guys that love the game, you know, guys that want to be involved and, and they think about the game and they, all they want to do is play the game. I think a lot of the times now these um you know, big athletes and, and social media influencers who are, who are athletes. It's, it's, 
tough to see if they actually really want to do it still. Um, you know, is, is the social media stuff more important and, and, and whatnot. So it's hard to navigate to you're, you're definitely going to strike out on, on a few of them. I haven't yet, but I'm assuming I will. But the big thing is like when you talk to guys and you, you get on zoom calls and, and you speak to their family, it's, you know, how bad do you want it? Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, is, is playing soccer or playing football the the most important part of your life and the most important thing that you want to do. And if it is, and, and if I truly feel that and know that, um, you know, then it's, then it's, you know, let's put our heart and soul into everything and let's find a way to make this work. But it's definitely a fine line. I personally haven't seen it because I haven't worked with some of the bigger athletes of, of some of the agents I know, but those guys I've seen it um, have kind of gone through some stuff that have never really been, um, out there as far as, um, social media stuff. And so it's definitely a fine line. Um, but I would never, for me personally, I don't think I'd ever want to work with somebody who, uh, cares more about their social media or cares more about being an influencer than playing the game. But that's also hard to say too, because you look at somebody like Juju, who's a, you know, he had to be very good to get where he is as a wide receiver in the NFL, but to kind of have the, the headache and, and the responsibility to deal with him day in and day out to pretty much put somebody on him full time as to yeah. you know, we need to manage you. If you want to do this, do this, but you got to kind of dance with him as far as what he can post, what he can't post and, and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely, you know, this day and age going to be something that's not going to go away. Uh, and it's going to be a hard thing to navigate around, but I mean, just it's the world we live in now with the with sports and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Every 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 kid's grown up with a phone in their hands, right? So it's like eh, it's, it just is what it is. Yeah, it's easy money too, right? It's easy money that they can make, and and they're already you know right. once you get to that status, you know, soccer, football, um, it doesn't even matter if you're like a celebrity chef, you know. Once you get that and you get that blue check mark, it's you know you're on the stage yeah. and you're on stage, and and there's an opportunity to make money and. Um, you know, I think when you get to that level too, there, there's a lot of humble guys, but I think it's pretty rare to find all those guys just want more money and, and, uh, you know, more status and more followers and more money. And it's just kind of something that, um, I think can get yourself in a lot of hot water if you're not, uh, taking it, you know, taking care of it, but especially on the backside of it, if you're dealing with your, your athlete, um, you know, and he's, he's doing that kind of stuff, it, it could be really, um, sticky and that's where you kind of maybe got to put in some clause some clauses and stuff in the contract and i think you're going to see more and more of it you know i haven't had to do it yet but i just know you're going to see um clauses in contracts of of you know what guys can put on their social media how many hours a week they can uh, spend on their social media or you know creating more content and so um i think it's even going to go as far as um, the next bargain agreements, you know, for, for some of the team, like the NFL, soccer, major, major league baseball, once those bargaining agreements come around again, I think you're going to find, uh, the players union and the owners are going to have to come to an agreement on, on what can be done regarding, um, social media influencers and stuff like that. Yeah. And a bit more probably censorship, censorship too. Like I know it's, for like for me like fantasy football wise um you have players like tweeting something right before the start of a game you know or who was it last year that said like start me and then put up a goose egg you had just stuff like that where it's like 
there's so much influence like looking even at fantasy football 10 years ago to where it is now um and like you said podcasts like i have three podcasts that i'll cycle between just to give myself more information about it and like there's no i think they were talking about it on one of the podcasts this year it's like there's no sleepers anymore we all know who the sleepers are like there's yeah we it's just who do you like better or who do you think like it's, it's all now forming your own opinion if you're in that space as as an avid player um but uh it's yeah i just i think it's crazy that the amount of you know before celebrities were put up on this pedestal and in a way they they still are but now you can like directly talk to them or you know they may tweet you back or they may message you back and uh and it definitely brings in a whole other you know uh uh, I don't. I can't know what I'm trying to say. It brings in a whole other aspect to the to the scenario that maybe they need to to censor a bit more and and keep an eye on because it gets it can get people in hot water. Can absolutely agree, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on with me today. Um, shout out your your website, your insta, like your socials and all that stuff. Tell people where they can find the website or information on on the stuff that you do and. Uh, and yeah 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 you can obviously so fight sports um you know you just type in fight sports management um and the instagram you can see us there you can also see our website which is attached to that um we have a twitter account fight sports um you know my linkedin is uh, pretty important it shows all the stuff that we have you can find that under dan phillips or daniel phillips um it'll come right up as fight sports owner um and uh and whatnot and and that's kind of where you, I, I guess you could check us out. You know, you go on the Canadian, you know, if there is soccer players and, and people that maybe hear this down the road, um, you know, you go on the Canadian Soccer Association website, you'll find my name as one of the licensed agents. Click on the profile um, and it'll come up with my name, my phone number, my email, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where you can find us. Um, I, I go, you know, as, as more games come on in and around Toronto, I'll, I'll be going on Instagram live and, and being able to, uh, um, to take some photos and stuff there. So I'm always active on Instagram, always active on my phone. Um, and so those are some of the places I would say that you could, uh, get a hold of us if you want to, you know, either if you're looking to become a professional, um, you know, or have any questions about how to go through that, um, you know, we can definitely help you out. Awesome, man. Well, thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate your time. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. No worries, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much again. Um, and uh, I look forward to doing this down the road again. Sounds good, brother. All right, we'll talk to you later. Cheers, man. All right, that's it. That's the podcast. I appreciate you listening today. If you could please do me one more favor, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and write me a review or subscribe to the podcast there. It is so much appreciated and it helps me out tremendously. You can also check out all of my socials at Ty Wilson Music. That's Insta, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you'd like. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Ty Wilson Talks.